0: Side, 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 oversaw side, combat on, side, up respect side, side, my brother side, I start this podcast off by saying, ooh-wee, what's up with that, what's up with that, ooh-wee, what's up with that, what's up with that, what's up with that, what's up with that? thank you. Reason why I did that, Keenan Thompson, homeboy through his cousin, Tad Al, known of Keenan, met Keenan a few times during his career. He is the longest-running member of Saturday Night Live, 19 years and counting. Good burger. Keenan Thompson, Nickelodeon. Keenan Thompson, yes sir. Fat Albert. Keenan Thompson, multiple movies. Keenan Thompson. Kenan Thompson is an American comedy icon, and I'm proud of the kid. Proud of him, man. Love him, man. Love him. He a kid to me. Well, he a grown man, but still, age-wise to me, he a kid. And I'm proud of him, man. I'm proud of everything he's accomplished, everything that he's doing. He was here in Atlanta trying to discover new comedic talent um, by doing uh, several contests and showcases. So big shout out to Keenan for that, yo. And we're gonna talk to Keenan later on during this podcast. You're gonna, you're gonna hear an interview that I did with Keenan Thompson, and he might say some dates that passed already. It's because I did an interview with him last week, so you're gonna check that out. Okay, so big up Keenan Thompson. What's up with that? I love Black Jeopardy. I love all that. I like when Eddie Murphy was on there, and they brought out Chris Rock and and Tracy Morgan, and and then Keenan Thompson came out, right? That was dope. Michael Che could have been out there. He wrote the monologue. Um, Garrett Morris was missing. He was a a, a a cast member of Saturday Night Live. I just thought that was a... a and you'll hear Keenan talk about that moment um, being on stage with Eddie Murphy and the rest of those greats, alums from uh, Saturday Night Live, man. Yeah. Big shout out to Keenan Thompson. Can't wait for y'all to to take a listen to that. So what's going on in the world, you ask me? Well, a lot of things are going on in this world. Um, as of this broadcast, Russia has officially invaded the Ukraine. Um, why? I don't know. I ain't going to sit up here and lie to you. Why, why do white men do what they do? I, I have no fucking idea. I know the United States and the and the NATO and the, and, uh, and the allies and all of that shit. They are backing the Ukraine, and I am just hoping that this stays on sanctions and stuff like that, meant to cripple Russia's economy, and it don't get into us sending troops over there, because these wars are not being won, y'all. Remember what George Bush said? We had one in Iraq and Afghanistan, and then years later, when Obama was president, the whole eight years, we were still over there. How many people got to come home into body bags when we see that war is not the answer? As saying... By the great Marvin Gaye. War is not the answer, for only love can conquer hate. We've got to find a way to bring some loving here today. We ain't finding no way to get loving going on, man. It's just so much shit popping off, y'all. And nine times out of ten, they ain't got nothing to do with us. They ain't got shit to do with us. If you closely look at the Vietnam War, and I'm going to drop this on y'all. We got into the Vietnam War because we are allies with Britain. That's why we got into the Vietnam War. Vietnam was tired of fucking Britain, overrunning their country, using up all their resources, and trickling down bullshit to the people of Vietnam. And they was like, fuck it. Get the fuck out of here. And what did we do? We didn't back Vietnam looking for their freedom. We back fucking Britain. And lost thousands of people in more than one way. For those who didn't die, for those of them not had limbs blown off, those who didn't get affected by Agent Orange, those that just came home shell-shocked with PTSD, fucked up. Now, we're going to do the same shit in the Ukraine? I think not. Guess what? My kids ain't going. I got one son, Zaire. Institute the draft, Zaire is not fucking going. Not doing it. Not doing it. All you hard motherfuckers sticking pistols in little kids' faces and shooting and killing innocent people. Why don't y'all go fighting the Ukraine? Let's see how fucking hard you really are. All y'all with the ops and all of that shit on the record and all that. You know what? They should ship all you motherfuckers to the Ukraine. You can see what real war is all about. We might be headed to World War III, y'all. And this shit between the United States and Russia, the two biggest superpowers in the world have been going on for a long time. They've always had to talk to Russia, talk to Russia. Even back in the Ronald Reagan days, yo. Know? Prince had a song called Ronnie Talk to Russia. This is, this is the 80s. Let me see how good you are, Super Producer to Find this song, Ronnie Talk to Russia, and play me a little bit of it. Even Sting touched on the shit about nuclear war and world war and the destruction of a lot of this world. He had a song on the Dream of the Blue Turtles album. Um, I cannot remember the exact name of the song. Hold on, y'all. I will find this song for y'all. Hold on. So, the Dream of the Blue Turtles album by Sting came out in the 80s also. And on that, on that uh, album, there's a song called Russian. And... It's right up there when, when we were fucking with um Gorbachev was the prime minister of Russia and Reagan was uh the president of the United States. And the song go I hope the, I hope the Russians love their children too. That's not the name of the the, album, the song. The song is actually called Russian. So please play a little bit of that for me.
1: subscribe to this point of view you be such an ignorant
0: And I love that album. Now, when I heard that song, I was like, wow. Sting making a political point. In Europe and America, there's a growing feeling of hysteria. Conditioned to respond to all the threats of the rhetorical speeches of the Soviets. Yep. It was Khrushchev. It wasn't it wasn't Gorbachev. It was Khrushchev. Mr. Khrushchev said we will bury you. I don't subscribe to this point of view. It's such an ignorant thing to do if the Russians love their children, too. Oh, man, it was that that shit hit me like a ton of bricks, y'all. And now here we are all these years later in 2022 and we going back and forth with Putin. It's just crazy. Going back and forth, forth and back because, what, the Ukraine is an ally. We have to protect our allies. It's a threat to American democracy. We always say the same shit when we get into something. It's a threat to American democracy. Everything's a threat to American democracy until you find out what's really going on, that we're trying to protect assets, that the billionaires in this country are trying to protect assets that they have or the United States has in these countries. We're in so many wars right now or conflicts that most American people don't even know about, yo. And sometimes war is good for the economy. It really is. The rich just going to get rich off of this shit. Bowen's going to make a lot of money. Whoever's making these arms and ammo and all of that shit and $365 for a fucking hammer. They're all going to make money. They're all going to make money. Guess who's going to die? Us. Guess who's sparable? Us. We're the ones that's going to be the fuck out of here. Not the big ones. Certainly not Biden. Yo, take me to lunch. Whoa. President Byron. He ain't going to die. None of the former presidents of the United States will die in this conflict. Not Trump. Not Obama. Not Bush. Not the older Bush. None of them not Carter, none of them. They will all be protected and their families will be protected. Who the fuck is going to protect you and me? Certainly not the United States of America. What's the answer to this? I don't know. But well, Putin has made it very clear. Anyone that shows signs of aggression and sides with the Ukraine will face destruction like they have never seen before in their country's history. The man talks loud and he carries a fucking big stick. He got the same nukes or even more nukes than we got. And this ain't going to be no regular let's blow up Alaska or kill everybody over there or let's hit Florida. No, they got this some some other shit that both of us got. Why do you think we be putting satellites up in the sky and all of that shit? What you think all this COVID shit is and all this different kind of experiments to wipe people off the face of the fucking earth, yo? This ain't no mistake. COVID is an experiment that just happened to get out of the lab in China that the United States was behind 100% along with the Chinese government. I'm telling y'all, and I still got vaccinated against it, but I'm telling you this shit wasn't just like, oops, nah. Nah, chemical warfare and biological warfare is real. And if we get into a serious conflict with Russia, you're going to see it for yourself firsthand. This going crazy. Everything's going crazy. And we worrying about how Michael Jordan touched Mary J. Blige on her waist at the all-star game. And speaking of the all-star game, that slam dunk contest was the worst shit I've ever, ever seen in the history of the slam dunk contest. As my man Bubba would say on Instagram, trash. That shit was terrible. I don't know what the answer is. I listen to sports stations all the time, like ninety two nine the game here in Atlanta. Um, you know, the the cats up in New York City on ESPN Radio. I listen to them. I watch Stephen A. Smith. I, I I watch Shannon Sharp. You know, I watch Get Up with Mike. You know, on on ESPN. I watch all of that, and nobody seems to be able to come up. With a remedy for the dunk contest. Anytime the skills contest and the three point contest is more interesting than the dunk contest, which used to be the flagship event for NBA All Star weekend. Beside the game, because we know what the fuck the game is. We know they're going to throw alley oops to each other and be athletic and impress everybody. And then when they get to the fourth quarter, maybe with five minutes left, they'll start playing for real, right? You know, Steph went off, he had 50s, the MVP. All that good shit. Everybody can't play that That becomes an all-star. You know, Trey Young only played like 13 minutes. You know, shit, you can't, you can't balance and get everybody in the game. So we know what the all-star game is going to be, right? The actual all-star game. And speaking on that briefly, I hate Team LeBron versus Team Durant, not because I don't like our superstars. I respect the shit out of LeBron James. I respect the shit out of Kevin Durant and their games. But it was more interesting when it was East versus West. It was more interesting, I'll say it again, when it was East versus West because those were bragging rights. The Eastern All-Stars are better than the Western All-Stars or the Western All-Stars are better than the Eastern All-Stars. Why did they start doing this thing? I don't know. Now, back to the dunk contest. Part of the problem with the dunk contest is nobody that's a star is interested in being a part of the dunk contest. That's the problem. We got a lot of guys that can dunk. They capture their highlights when they dunking in practice. But being part of the dunk contest is different. Being a star NBA player and even a second-tier star NBA player and being a part of the dunk contest is special. You don't see John Morant. LeBron James has never participated in the dunk contest. You got these guys who I've hardly heard of them. I mean, I know OB... OB because he plays for the Knicks. And I know he can dunk and he won this shit by default. He just won because everybody else was more horrible than he was. And nobody can seem to come up with a remedy. And as long as the big names stay out of it, it's not going to, it's going to get worse and worse. There's no more D Browns pumping his shoes up and, and, and dunking two basketballs. There's no more, you know, the Human Highlight film, Vince Carter's and Tracy McGrady's and, and Dominique Wilkins and MJ's getting in the dunk contest. There's no more of that. You guys are like, nah, I don't want to get in that. I mean, your man that played for for the Bulls right now, him, and, and, and the two lights skin to Zach Levine and Aaron, whatever his name, that was probably the last great dunk contest I've ever seen. And then Blake Griffin was in it one year. Remember when Dwight Howard was in it? I remember all the way back to, 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 to Spud Webb. Little Spub Webb winning the dunk contest. I haven't seen anybody trying to snatch quarters off the top of the backboard and then dunk the ball. Matter of fact, they're not even dribbling to dunk the ball anymore. They got their man holding it up. Cole Anthony had his father, Greg Anthony, that used to play for the Knicks, holding the ball up. We had to wait 15 minutes while he tied up a pair of Timbs, which proves you are not from New York because we don't tie our Timbs all the way to the top. And then you still couldn't make the dunk. And then your other man, I think his name is Jalen Green with his highlight on the phone like an NFT or some shit like that. You did all this shit and you couldn't make the fucking dunk. Y'all doing too much outside shit than making the dunks. Just make a fucking dunk. Three, four, five times we sitting there. My wife was not even a big sports fan. Well, she loves the MMA. But football, basketball, and all that, she don't even really pay attention to it. She's looking at this shit like, yo, this shit was terrible. In the words of Charles Barkley, terrible. And happy birthday to Sir Charles Barkley. That's my man, yo. I texted him the other night. He texted me back. I texted him when the NBA was on TNT, and he texted me back. Told him to tell all the fellas I said hi. And then I texted him right around his birthday. He texted me back. And I'm sitting here holding my phone, looking at my shit like, yo, I'm having a text conversation. Not two, three days later, that same evening, maybe a half an hour later, to one of the greatest fucking players ever to play the game. You No matter what, I don't care if he didn't win a championship. I don't care. He is still, Patrick Ewing is one of the greatest too. He don't have any championships, okay? Charles Barkley is one of the greatest basketball players that ever played the game, hands down. But those days of the dunk contest, stars, even if they were a the first tier or second tier star, they still got into the dunk contest. Now we getting fourth five-tier dudes we don't even know who they play for is in the dunk contest and they terrible see Shaq face somebody put up a meme of Shaq back in at one time watching the dunk contest and then Shaq now Shaq was disgusted and I love the fact that D Wade and them kept it real they kept it 100% real when they said at hey, Kenny the Jet Smith. they was like it's the worst dunk contest ever The lowest score you could get is a six. And they said, I get a whole dunk contest of six. That shit was horrendous. Come on, son. You know your fucking stupid ass wasn't supposed to be up there. Come on, son. Terrible. You ever seen the show that they be putting on like sometime in the summertime and their guys just be dunking against other dunkers for like half a million dollars or some shit like that? Or the college slam dunk contest is even better than that shit. Why don't they let them dunk? Let them let them come in and dunk. Put some money up there or something. Y'all got all these sponsors. Nobody want that fucking trophy. This new generation of basketball players, the dunk contest trophy means absolutely fucking nothing. They don't care. They don't give a fuck about that shit. My man Nate Robinson. Remember Nate Robinson that got knocked the fuck out in his boxing debut? He won the dunk contest. Little Nate Robinson had Hops he wasn't a superstar, but after he won that dunk contest, the way he won it and the manner in which he won it, he became a star after that. Please believe it and believe it, please. I'm telling you, this dunk contest, they got to do something. They got to figure something out. They got to figure something out. Dunk contest is terrible. Speaking of terrible, why the fuck is dunk? Tory Lanez and Megan Thee Stallion still arguing about that. And why hasn't he been prosecuted already? I mean, the guys that killed Ahmaud Arbery has already been prosecuted, sentenced, and found guilty um, of federal hate crimes. And why they keep pushing this shit off? Because there ain't no way he going to say that he ain't do this shit. Then they was going back and forth on social media and he said something, and then she sent all the apology texts that he sent. Us, and he's like, nah, that was just, that's what good, good dick do. I was fucking two friends, and I shouldn't have been. And I, I was apologizing for that. It's weird how you spun it. My nigga. I just ain't never been a dirty dick nigga. Like, if I was fucking with a broad, and I saw... That her friend was interested. She was just interested. Unless they wanted to get down together, which obviously Megan didn't. I don't know why you'd fuck with that squirrel-looking-ass nigga anyway. But he fucking your girlfriend that you brought around him, you got to be more mindful of who you bring around. Your girlfriend's a dirty bitch, straight dirty bitch anyway. I wouldn't, anybody that I know, anybody, I wouldn't fuck with your girl. I wouldn't fuck with your girl. Niggas know what a jump off is than somebody's girl. And even if you're a side chick and it's like, yo, side chick, I'm not I'm not fucking your side chick. I got too much respect for a lot of niggas. I wouldn't do that. That's just me, man. I'm a, I'm a different kind of man, I guess, but I wouldn't have did that. Like, give you a classic example. When Kanye and Kim got married, right, when they first got married, if I would have ran into Kim somewhere and i know pretty, you know, when a woman is digging on you and I find that Kim is digging on me and say, just by chance, this is a hypothetical situation, fantasy. It would never happen. Right? I know Kanye. I don't know him well enough to say that we're friends, but we've crossed paths a lot of times, enough times that if I got back to my hotel room and she was in my bed naked, I would turn around and walk out the room. I'm not fucking. I'm not fucking with that man's wife. I'm not doing that. A nigga I know that's off limits. So how does Megan, the star, she bringing you around, allowing you to get a glimpse into this luxury life that she's living with drivers and, and Kylie Jenner's parties and all these people that they love with her because of the great music that she makes and the fact that she can spit rhymes. She allowing you to jump on private jets with her. She allowing you to meet people that whose music you love, like Tory Lanez. You know that that's her dude and you fucking him. You fucking, fucking rotten pussy bitch. I'm sorry, y'all. I got, I got to tell her like it is. Anybody that do some shit like that is a rotten pussy bitch, man. You, you ain't no way in hell you going to tell me that you just fell on his dick. His dick got hard and, and you slipped and fell on it. Nah. You already knew what it was. And you was trying to figure out why Megan was attached to this nigga, why Megan was feeling him so much. So you decided to get a little sample for yourself from a person that brought you around. You're a dirty, you're a dirty pussy bitch. It's exactly what you are, and then through all that commotion, she ends up getting shot in her foot or grazed in her foot It's still shot. I don't fuck how you say it. Shit hurt. I guess none of y'all ever been grazed by a bullet before. It ain't the same pain as being shot, but the shit still hurt. And then you're very happy that you're not shot, okay? So shot, shot, if you know what I mean. There's some foul shit going on out there, man. And I know I brought up Kanye earlier in the conversation, but I just want to give kudos to Kanye West for a couple of things that, that he's done. Specifically, the last thing that he's done and was that stem player that he put the Donda 2 album on, and that's the only way that you could get the Donda 2 album is on his stem player. Pretty much, as we saying to you, is pay $200 for the Donda album, which is fine in the sense that it's on his own thing because for many, many years, We've given our albums to these streaming companies and got little to nothing back for, which is the reason why Jay-Z started Tidal, to give artists a better percentage of the money from their streams. Kanye knows if he put that shit on, say, Apple, they're going to make a ton of money and their payment structure ain't fucking right as to what he would even get if a thousand people bought a stem player. Or a hundred thousand. Kanye is using his power that he has and his influence on pop culture in the correct manner to keep these fucking culture vultures out of his pocket. Cause they wasn't fucking with Kanye when Kanye first was coming out. And he knows that. He knows that's a lot of people that know that. So I'm not mad I'm not mad at him for putting out that stem player. Matter of fact, I might just support him and buy one for the fuck of it and and keep it. And never open it. Cause I just I'm I'm just glad to see my man making some money on his fucking terms. Yeah, whoever created the STEM player for him, he probably had to kick them off some money. But that's just investing in yourself. Right? That's the way Dr. Dre and Jimmy Iovine did with the beats. And then they started their own streaming service and then Apple came in and bought that whole shit and they took the headphones, you know, as like, okay, so we get the headphones too. Cool. But they built that brand up. The same way Diddy has built up Ciroc and now he has a piece of the parent company of Ciroc, of that particular brand for Diageo, who owns that and a lot of other brands. I'm not mad at Puff for for putting something on his back, riding it out and getting a good stake of it. Kanye knows that people want to hear his Donda album, right? So Kanye says, fuck this. I can control this music. So I'm going to put this on a player. that's, That's the only fucking way that you're going to hear this shit. Like I told you, when I, wasn't, I was mad because I didn't think the Donda listening parties that I went to in Atlanta was worth it. Nah, I didn't think that. But I'm telling you, I respected the trend that he's going to set with making some money off of people listening to his album. Because before, the record company would throw you an album listening party, and then they would charge the shit back to you. He put his own money up for this shit. It was like, yo, let me rent these places out with my money, and then this way I'm getting all the money and not the record company. It makes fucking sense. It makes sense. J.R. Smith, who at one point I thought was a fucking buffoon, who went back to school and graduated, said it best when he was sitting down doing somebody's podcast. He's like, we got money. We need to pull our money together and do some shit, but everybody's just scared. Because nobody really knows how to structure this shit. When I see Jay-Z and Will Smith going into business together, when I see Jay-Z and, 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 and Will Smith's partner Lasseter doing some business together, that's what I'm talking about. Y'all motherfuckers got millions and billions and billions of dollars collectively between y'all. Go buy the fucking Denver Broncos. And if they don't let you get it, then you putting them on front street because there's no way you don't have the money. No way. So they're saying now the principal owner, like whoever owns it, the biggest owner, it still has to be voted on by the other 32 fucks, right? Were they trying to change that? Because they really want somebody minority owned to own the team, has to be able to put down at least 30% of the entire price by themselves. So say it's $4 billion. Oprah should have to write a check for 30% of $4 billion. I believe she'd be the principal owner and I believe she got it and she could do it. And everybody else would be a minority owner. But that's dope. That's dope. If we get that group of people that have all of the money, to pull their money together and get the Denver Denver Broncos, fuck it, that's who we are all cheering for. I don't give a fuck what team you grew up on. I'm done with the New York Giants, a fucking racist-ass organization. You saw that with the Brian Flores deal. They were going to interview that man knowing they had already hired Brian Dayball just to fill the Rooney role. That's some bullshit, y'all. If you hire somebody, don't make me come in for an interview. You already know you're hiring somebody just so you look good, so you look like you uh, interviewed the black guy, right? The token token black guy. We went to Duke University to get a fucking bum-ass quarterback like Daniel Jones. We don't even look to draft black quarterbacks. We never had a black head coach. We had one black general manager, and that was Jerry Reese. He won two Super Bowls with the organization, and they still marched his ass out of there. Pepper Johnson went behind was behind Bill Belichick, who used to be our defensive coordinator when we won the championships in the 80s and gave Pepper a job with the New England Patriots, and he doesn't even get one of the greatest players and defensive minds ever, doesn't even get a look at being the head coach of the New York Giants, a team that he won two championships with, him and LT, Carl Banks, all of them do. So you mean to tell me we could be 70% of the league, but we're not smart enough to be a general manager or a head coach? They'll let a scrub-ass football player Long as he white right, be a head coach before a great football player that was African American. Ron Rivera is the only Latinx fucking head coach in the league, and guess who just hired Brian Flores, Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh had Joe Gilliam starting quarterback before Terry Bradshaw. He just couldn't handle the pressure of racist ass Pittsburgh. At the time, Mike Tomlin's been there over 15 years and now the defensive coordinator or assistant defensive coordinator, some shit like that, is Brian Flores, who is suing the NFL right now. So the Rooney family in Pittsburgh is like, we don't give a fuck. We think you're a good coach and we want to hire you over here. I might start rooting for fucking Pittsburgh. I seriously am considering moving to that black and yellow, black and yellow, black and yellow. Matter of fact, give me a little black and yellow by Wiz Khalifa. Boy, I'm breaking
1: hearts, no keys, push to start, yeah, ah uh-huh. you know what it is, everything I do, I do it, big. yeah, ah uh-huh. screaming, that's not, when I pulled off the line, that's not, right from my town, when you see me, you know everything, black and yellow, black and yellow, black and yellow, black and yellow,
0: I put it down from the whip to my dime. That's serious, man. We throw all the support behind these teams and all the support behind these people that don't give a fuck about us. Don't get f- fooled by the fucking halftime show. Don't get fooled by that. It was great. I ain't taking nothing away from it. I loved it. All of it. I thought that shit was dope. But don't get confused by the fact that that racism still exists when it comes time to front office positions and ownership positions within the NFL. Don't get it twisted. It's 2022. Look up and see how long the NFL's been around. We ain't never had a black commissioner of the NFL. Look at how many teams never had a black head coach or a black general manager or a black starting quarterback. The Giants are one of them. It's just bullshit. So so we can sing and dance and rap and spin around for you we could be seventy to seventy-five percent of the players in the league, some of the best players in the league. But we can't go in the front office and be the general manager, or we can't we can't head coach. We gotta get somebody else, a motherfucker that we had from uh, the Patriots, just the second motherfucker from the Patriots we had. Brian Dayball uh, used to be under Bill Parcells too before he went to Buffalo. What qualifies him to be the head coach of the New York Giants when Brian Flores had three seasons with Miami and a winning record when they let him go? Why the fuck did he get let go in the first place if he had a winning record? So you know what they do? Oh, let's give uh, Houston, let's get his job to Lovey Smith so they stop saying we don't hire black head coaches. Come the fuck on, y'all. Don't fall for the banana in the tailpipe. Don't fall for the entertainment part of it. Yeah, they had Dre, they had Snoop, they had M, they had Kendrick, they had Mary and Fifty. That was that was dope. Yeah, it was, it was. But there's a bigger picture. There's a reason why Colin Kaepernick is not in the NFL. There's a reason why he got blackballed. There's a reason. He wanted to work out in front of everybody. They wanted to do the private workout. He's like, nah. Cause if I do the workout in front of everybody, then everybody can see that I'm still qualified to be an NFL quarterback after going to super bowl two times just because he was fighting against police brutality he is not even in the equation anymore okay then they start talking about giving money to certain organizations to combat exactly what Connor was talking about and they start talking to jay-z and rock nation about you know participating and choosing the halftime show and they talking to black people now but they still ain't talked to cap this shit is some bullshit, man. Whole lot of whole lot of bullshit going. That's why we need our people right now that got the bread to form a coalition to buy whatever team comes up for sale. We need minority ownership in the NFL and every other professional sport where we dominate. I'm going to tell you right now, sooner or later, we're going to look up. And I don't know if it's going to be this year or five years from now, but LeBron James is going to own an NBA franchise. I guarantee it. The ownership is the real power. Everybody preaches that. Ownership is the real power. Everybody preaches it. Don't listen to this person and that person or the other person. They'll tell you how lucky they got. Right place, right time, right team around them. They'll tell you that part. Tell y'all, come on, son. It's a lot going into this shit. Don't, don't be fooled. We're we dealing with a lot of stuff in this country right now. A whole lot of shit. Did y'all know that the algorithms that TikTok sends out, which is a huge, massive, successful social media platform, the algorithms that TikTok sends out, which is a Chinese company, is different in the United States than in China. The algorithms that are sent out, that flood TikTok's timeline, is always something positive in China about engineering or creating or something like that to encourage the next young people that's coming up to jump into the sciences or something in that manner. But on, on the American side, they push the algorithms with dumb shit. Either it's a fucking stupid dance or it's, or it's, let's walk up some milk crates and see who can stand on the top without falling on their face and breaking their arm. They are empowering their youth while making our youth dumber and dumber by the fucking day. Wearing about a TikTok challenge and have no idea what's going on at all and don't care but they empower the Chinese youth real shit we gotta wake up and pay attention I'm woke I'm not telling you not to have a good time we all have a good time nobody's saying that don't listen to this and be like damn Ed you're a Debbie Downer no have fun I smoke my cigars and drink my bourbon and my scotch. And I have a damn good time when I'm out with my wife or I'm out with my friends. I'm enjoying my life. I'm telling you, but don't lose sight of what's really fucking going on, man. Don't lose sight of that. Now, let's get back to something happier. Earlier in the podcast, I told you all I'm going to have a special guest. I'm going to take a short break. And when I come back, the incomparable, wonderfully talented, charming, Great all-around father, great all-around husband, just a great dude all-around, Mr. Keenan Thompson. It's coming up right after this on Come On, Son, the podcast. Come on, son. What the fuck is the deal? Come on, son. Right now, there are some African Americans with sickle cell disease who need a blood transfusion every single month just to stay alive. Every single month and they are more likely to get a compatible match from a donor of the same ethnicity. So please donate, because our blood saves lives. Go to redcrossblood.org ourblood. Find out where and what time in your neighborhood now. You do it all. Queen, you do it all without breaking a sweat. And you do it all in style. From being a boss executive, to Tuesday tennis, to the kids' homework, Family dinners, lunches, brunches, trips to the vet, and a weekend getaway that's anything but a getaway. That's why Infinity fully reimagined the QX60 to help you conquer it all with ease. Even when you have back-to-back conference calls on top of the kids' orchestra recitals. Not to mention your side hustle. A luxury SUV as functional as it is stylish and as versatile as it is serene. Available features like seating for up to seven passengers, a suite of active safety features, and massaging front seats. Introducing the all new Infiniti QX60, designed to help you conquer life in style. Now, with extremely limited availability, contact your local retailer for inventory information. This Black History Month, McDonald's is kicking off Future 22. A campaign celebrating 22 leaders of the next generation across the country who are making an impact in their communities right now. The civil rights movement was full of young Gen Z leaders. And the influx of young leaders we're seeing today are all on the road to being just as historical as those in the civil rights movement. They're starting their own organizations, finding ways to empower even more youth and culture. They're taking a stand and speaking out. Now McDonald's is celebrating their efforts and the impact they're leaving on the world. Ever heard of Anya Dillard? She's an 18-year-old activist that started the Next Gen Come Up, a nonprofit that encourages activism and community service. Anya's story is just one of many purpose-filled missions that McDonald's is showcasing. So check it out right now and see plenty of more stories like hers on Instagram at WeAreGolden. Black and Unlimited is a celebration of being whatever we want to be. Black and Unlimited is being black and rock and roll and country singer. Black and outdoor adventurer and vegan. Black and cosplay fan and comic book lover and cowboy too. And for who we are and anything else we want to explore, there's Walmart. We can pick up a yoga mat to be black and zen. The ingredients we need to be black and vegan. Or a skateboard to be black and rad and fearless. For me, black and knocking down pins for another perfect score of 300 at the bowling alley. Yes, you heard me right. I absolutely adore bowling. It started as a hobby, then it grew into a passion of mine. And now if I ever need new bowling gloves or an affordable buffer cloth to shine my customized Ed Lover Bowling, ball, I can easily cop them at my local Walmart right around the corner from my go-to bowling alley. Celebrate all you are. Celebrate being black and unlimited. Feel free and inspired to explore anything and everything that could bring you joy. If you're looking for an adventure with the family, NerdWallet can help you take the first steps towards making your dream a reality. Start earning points towards a much-deserved trip by using NerdWallet to compare and find credit cards that pack big travel rewards. Because why not turn everyday purchases into an unforgettable experience? And maybe that vacation made you realize you're ready for a place with a bit more space. NerdWallet can help you compare rates to find the smartest mortgage lender for you. And now that you're feeling settled in your new home, wouldn't it be nice to spend less time watching your investments and more time with family? NerdWallet can help you compare and find financial advisors to take the lead on expanding your portfolio while you take the lead on fort building. Whatever you're dreaming of, NerdWallet makes it easy to compare the smartest financial products side by side. Compare and find the smartest financial products for you on NerdWallet. NerdWallet is not an investment advisor nor an investment broker. Information is for educational purposes only. Come on, son. What the fuck is the deal? Come on, son. Is y'all ready for this? I hope you're ready for this. Ladies and gentlemen, I had the opportunity last week to have a brief conversation with the one and only Kenan Thompson. Check this out with Ed Lover, and I have a classic man on the line, Keenan Thompson. What's up, brother? What's up, my brother? How first, you living? I'm living very well. First of all, congratulations on your new show, Keenan. It's hilarious.
1: Man, thank you. Thank now, you, man. Thank you, man.
0: I'm, I'm loving watching your moves. Bro, you've been on TV your whole damn life.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: How old were you when you, yes, know, you... You almost in your 20th year of Saturday Night Live. How old were you your first yes. TV gig?
1: Well, my very first... Gig was like a commercial for a fried chicken restaurant when I was like yeah. 10 or 11. But, you know, all that, and the Nickelodeon stuff kind of started when I was like 14, 15,
0: 14, 15, and you in your 40s now.
1: Yes, sir. 43 is, and counting.
0: That is a long time to be on television, bro. And 19 years yeah. on Saturday Night Live, the longest running of any person ever on Saturday Night Live. What keeps you attached to Saturday Night Live?
1: I mean, it's just a one-of-a-kind kind of place, you know what I'm saying? And it's uh, it's kind of immeasurable what it can do for your career to be live in people's living rooms every week.
0: Yeah, that's true. That is, that is absolutely yeah. true. Out of all your characters over 19 years, all the characters that stuck with people like Glue, what's your favorite character?
1: I mean, I love doing What's Up With That. I think that's like, you know, my all time (laughs) favorite idea that I ever had. (laughs) Yo, Kaden, that Um, is
0: the funniest thing ever. Ooh, what's up with that? What's up with that? (laughs) (laughs) Man, I be crying. Will y'all do that? Who came up with the concept for What's Up With That, bro? You did that?
1: Yeah, that was my idea. But, you know, it's good to work with writers so they could actually stretch it into a real sketch. All I had was an idea for a show, a talk show, where the host never lets the guest talk. (laughs)
0: That is hilarious. And Uh, another, another one of my personal favorites, Black Jeopardy. Who came up with that I was just
1: about to say, Black Jeopardy is another one. That was uh, one of the guys that I write. What's up with that with Brian Tucker? I write a lot with him and and, uh, Michael Che. So, you know, we just got brilliant minds around there that love the black zeitgeist and can write comedy and also not write comedy that, you know shines a negative light on the community. You know what I'm saying? It shines a light that we can all kind of laugh at and celebrate.
0: Man, we, we look back at your career, bro. we we so very proud of you, bro. It's like immeasurable how proud we are of you and what you do, what you've done, and what you continue to do On television, tell me about your show Keenan because your show Keenan now is almost like Keenan Thompson grown up. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. You know, we back
1: to the sitcom. So I haven't been on a sitcom regularly since the Keenan and Kell days. You know, so this is like another experience, like playing a single character as opposed to a bunch of different characters. And, you know, it's been a long process, man, trying to get it up and running. You know, we shot a pilot and then reshot the show after we retooled it and recast it and stuff like that. But now we're in Season 2, and people seem to be loving Season 2. And I hope we get Seasons 3 through 19, If you know what I mean, if that's what we want to do. It's definitely been a pleasure.
0: When will you know your expiration date on Saturday Night Live? When is it? When you don't feel like you're funny anymore? When... when you feel like you've reached the peak, when, when do you know? You going to do I 20 be, years?
1: I might be past it, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> like I might be a little bit spoiled already in the refrigerator. No, um but I, you know, I have my own personal number. Like, I would love to get to 20, you know what I'm saying? And then after that, it's kind of whatever. But I know dude wants me to stay to the 50th anniversary or whatever, so we'll see how that goes. But I'm just excited, man. Everything is good, you know. Family's good. Everybody's healthy and stuff like that. So I can't complain, man.
0: That's a that's a beautiful beautiful thing, bro. Let me let me ask you another quick question. Were you nervous when you first got on Saturday Night Live? Because for black people on Saturday Night Live, you came in with some pretty big shoes to fill, bro.
1: Yeah, I came in, you know, right after Tracy Morgan, you know what I'm right. saying? So He was like the, the realest person that SNL had ever had, basically. And then, you know, I was coming in as a 25-year-old Nickelodeon kid and I was like, man, how am I going to impress these people or, you know, continue that torch in such a way that was so real, like Tracy could deliver. But, you know, we just found it, man. You know, being a, a, a seasoned performer definitely helped with my confidence in being able to perform whatever was written for me, basically. That was kind of my approach in the beginning.
0: Right. What was that feeling like, stepping on stage with Dave Chappelle, Eddie Murphy, Tracy Morgan, and Chris Rock.
1: It was legendary, man. You know what I'm saying? Like, shout out to Michael Che once again because he wrote that monologue and he wrote that moment in there for me and he didn't have to do that. You know what I'm saying? It would have been... Totally fine with those four brothers up there, but the fact that he wanted to include me in that moment, I can't, you know, I'm indebted to him for life. You know what I'm saying? That's a picture that I will always be able to frame. That's right. And it's also a moment that everybody looks at and be like, yeah, you deserve to be up there with those dudes, and that is just in- incredible to hear. You and know what and I'm you
0: like, do, bro. You absolutely do. Greats of, of Saturday man. Night Live, you definitely belong on that stage with those dudes, and so did Michael Che, and how selfless of him to write you in and not write himself in.
1: A thousand percent.
0: Yeah. Now Monday, you're here in the A, right?
1: I'm here. I'm there tomorrow too. I'm oh, okay. Tomorrow night at the Punchline, and Monday at the Atlanta Comedy Theater. So, very The, the nice. backstory on that is that we're doing this, you know, talent competition, little thing where we bring our winners to uh, SNL and then give them a showcase the following day at a comedy club in Times Square or whatever. So, they can get a real, you know, big city platform kind of experience.
0: Absolutely, bro. Well, I will definitely be coming out to see you. At one of those shows, I ain't seen my man since uh, Eminem hosted, and I was backstage with you guys, and uh, that's the same yeah, night man. we went to dinner and we ran into Regina King and Big. My heart goes out to Regina on the loss of her child, man. That's crazy.
1: One thousand, yeah, man. That was that's heavy because they were like peas in a pie.
0: Yeah, absolutely,
1: bro. Do you, speaking of longevity, man, we got to give you your flowers, brother, because you've been doing this for <laughs> as, as longer than I can remember. You know what I'm saying? So shout out to you for staying dedicated to the game like that, man. It's, it's such a pleasure to always have somebody bring it up like, oh, snap, like you promoting something like you should hit Ed up. And I'm like, man, that's right. Ed is in Atlanta. That's, that's right.
0: And whenever I'm at, man, you're more than welcome to jump on with me anytime, brother. I I appreciate it. You know what I used to love? I used to love, and I told Kel this when he came and see on me in Chicago. I said, I used to love the fact that I could look at you guys, Keenan and Kel, and go, that's the next Dr. Dre and Ed Lover. And that was a you know beautiful part of it, man. It was, it was fantastic. Yeah. It was so fantastic.
1: It's about that teamwork, man, and that brotherly love. And, you know, it's always, you know, two is, you know, easier to stick your chest out than that's one, right. basically, and, and go into the unknowns like that. So it's nice to have a partner to do that with. And, I, you know, I miss my daily works with my brother, Kel, man. You know what I'm saying? Hopefully we can get something back up and running soon or something.
0: Yeah, that would be beautiful, man, and everybody would enjoy it. Well, Keenan, I thank you so much, man. You at yeah. the punchline tonight, right? Or tomorrow night?
1: The punchline is tomorrow night, tomorrow and the Atlanta night. Comedy Theater is Monday, and we got some good celebrity guests and judges. I believe the great T.I. is going to be in the building in one of those places. So, nice. you know, it's, it's going to be a, a hometown celebration of trying to discover some new talent, man. And shout out to my partner, Cherie. You know what I mean? She's uh-huh. a, a a brilliant, you know, uh finder of talent, if you will. But, you know, she also does real estate down there. So oh, look her okay.
0: up. <laughs> Absolutely, man. And if you're ever going on the road, you need to open a holler at me, bro. I do my thing. Me and Talent just no. came from five shows sold out in Charlotte, North Carolina.
1: Incredible. talent still out there. Still with the bottle or no?
0: Yeah, all the time. You know that. <laughs> it's just comedy you know how talent get down yeah I, I, I love you bro thanks so much man for calling in and tell tadao i said what up you
1: know it man shout out to tadao man shout out to you brother shout out to dr Gray, man yes sir oh, dr Gray. i guess so i appreciate the other one's birthday so
0: yeah that's true <laughs> i want to thank my man Keenan thompson for taking some time out of his busy schedule to talk to us mm-hmm. uh, i mean to talk to me well he's talking to me he's talking to y'all right because we are one right i want to uh say i'm sorry i missed the show um, I want to dedicate this show to my man, Van Mitchell, Big Mitch, who passed away on Monday. Uh, my mom fell down on Friday, broke her leg and broke her knee. She's in the hospital, had surgery on Saturday. So I really, by Monday coming and me losing a close friend like that Monday morning, I really wasn't in the mood to uh, come out and check out the comedy show. Um, so I'll catch you next time, Keenan. Big shout out to Young Jock, who jumped on stage. I heard, and big shout out to T.I., who was really... Getting his chops, man. As far as uh, comedy is concerned, he's, he's out there. He's working and he's and he's trying, man. He's really he's really trying to grasp this comedy thing. And and pretty tell me, people say he's okay. He'll get better. You'll get better as time go on. Uh, he's not horrible. You'll get better as time go on. And I'm glad that him and comedian Godfrey spoke to each other and squashed their little. Um, disagreement. It wasn't really a beef. It was a disagreement. And I can't blame Godfrey. Godfrey's been a stand-up comedian for damn near 30 years. And I can't blame him if he's headlining and somebody brings a celebrity on because they're more popular than he is but they, for singing, but they don't have the history of comedy. That he has and 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 i don't blame him because i would be i would be pissed too if i was headlining the club and you paying me to do five shows or four shows and ti show up at the club you don't put ti on after me you let ti go before me and that's the club's fault and that's not ti's fault because he's new he really don't know the rules of engagement like a dude like me if i showed up and everybody knows i do stand up now but a lot of people probably still haven't seen me and they're going yo godfrey headlining air, but as soon as godfrey go off and we going to put you on? I would say, no, can you go ask Godfrey, can I get some time? That's how it works. Godfrey, can I get some time? Even when Chris Rock showed up at one of my shows at Carolines, he came to me and said, Ed, can I get some time? He said, I'm working out my shit for my next comedy special. Can I get some time? I said, you know what? Since you're a superstar and nobody really knows you here, I'm going to give you as much time as you need. It's usually three comedians. I'll bring up one comedian. I'll do my thing. I'll bring up one comedian and then you can have it. And if you stop short at any point, then I'll bring the rest of the comedians after you. He was like, bet. I told the guys, yo, two of y'all ain't working tonight, but we're going to pay y'all anyway. Matter of fact, we're going to pay you a little more because Chris Rock is here. I brought up one comedian. He came up. I came back out. I did my thing. The house was packed all the way, like three, 400 people in there. I leaned down to the mic and said, ladies and gentlemen, Chris Rock. That's all I had to say. Chris Rock has been on that stage for so many years. He deserves that kind of let him get on no matter where you at, no matter what show you at. It's like if a cat wins or a Mike Epps or, or or fucking Kevin Hart or Eddie Murphy was like, yo, I'm working out, or Dave Chappelle, I'm working some shit. I got a new special. Can I get some time? Fucking right you can get some time. But T I does not go on after a headliner. It wasn't right and it's the club's fault and godfrey you should not blame ti because he does not know the rules of engagement because he's brand new he's just trying to get some time on the stage man and jamie Foxx and all the rest of the great comedians out there absolutely definitely but i would always put you on before the headliner always and if the headliner decides they don't want to work that night because you smashed and they don't want to follow you they still get paid those are the rules of engagement y'all thank you Keenan thompson man for Being with me today, man. Thank you, Todd Al, for hooking the whole shit up. You know you my man. 50 grand, man. Y'all keep God first. Everything else will fall into place. I'll talk at you, with you, to you, and about you next week on Come On, Son, the podcast. Be well, y'all. Now get the fuck out of here with that bullshit. Peace. Come on, son, son. This Ed Lover podcast is being done in conjunction with Cigars International. Make sure you check out cigarsinternational.com for all your cigar needs.
1: This episode of Come On, Son, the podcast is produced, engineered, and edited
0: by Cam Quotes and Krista Hayes. Recorded out of Atlanta, Georgia, this is an official Loudspeakers Network podcast brought to you by Ed Lover. Be sure to check out the return of Come On, Son, the web series exclusively on Patreon. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours.